Right off the bat, there's Lyle Thompson. Kylie Omiller showing off those shifty skills. Driver driving hard down the alley and he scores. What a goal from Josh Bird. Kayla Trainer slips and scores. What You're kidding me. By Dylan Ward. Gets topside. Rambo scores. You're listening to Pro Lacrosse Talk, your go-to podcast for interviews with professional players, coaches, and executives, as well as the latest news and analysis from all three professional lacrosse leagues. My name is Hutton Jackson. We're doing another PLT space. Uh, two weeks off. We're back on now. Um, I'm joined by Dan Alexander, the host of Bet on Lacrosse. PLT contributors and Battle Lacrosse analyst Brian Andrews and Sam Long. We have an action-packed slate this week, guys, uh, for the NLL. Seven games, six tomorrow on Saturday, one on Sunday, a little matinee lacrosse on Sunday between the Riptide and the Bandits. Um, and if you guys want a little bit more, we're going to talk lacrosse betting a little bit on this show, but if you want an in-depth breakdown, there's a new episode out, Bet on Lacrosse, with that Dan Alexander and Brian Andrews. Um, but everyone, let's get started. We'll start off with the first game, and I'll toss to you, Brian, because you have a few plays in this game. Um, but it's the Rochester Nighthawks versus Toronto Rock. Both teams looking to get back in the win column. Nighthawks, brutal two-game stretch that they played last weekend, dropped both games, um, playing you know a Rock team at home that is also looking for a win. But uh, what are your thoughts on this game, Brian? I think this game is going to be really interesting. I think uh, both teams are 2-5 and five right now, and they're both – uh, really looking to bounce back, especially Rochester after having like a really tough weekend, especially uh, against the Wings, that 18-10 loss is probably sitting with them, especially Paul Dawson. Uh, so I'm looking for them to bounce back, and I'm looking for them to take advantage of the inconsistent offensive performance of the Rock. Talk a little bit more about that in the Battle on the Cross episode, but um, I'm, I, I think this is going to be a gritty, close, low-scoring game where both teams are really trying to compete for a win. Um, so I, from a betting perspective, I really like the under, and I'll elaborate more on that if you listen to our Battle on Lacrosse episode. Um, but I also really like, I think, the Nighthawks on the money line as a plus money play. I think, I think that they just have a really good chance. All it takes is for the Rock, in my opinion, to not show up offensively for the Nighthawks to take advantage. And I think it's very possible that that happens. Yeah, I think this is definitely uh, going to be a closer one. Um, I know you kind of like the Nighthawks plus one and a half. Um, I, I don't know, just after what I saw last week, if I would go that, but your play is plus money at DraftKings, plus 140. So I definitely like the plus money play. Um, I just think this is a get right spot for the Rock. Um, you know, I think that you know, battled COVID a little bit. They're getting healthy now. Hellier's back off the COVID protocol list. Um, but I agree with you. I, I think it is going to be low scoring. 22 and a half. Um, despite being one of the lower totals this week, is actually relatively normal or high um, compared to what we've seen. We're, we're seeing some high totals this week where the lowest is 22 and a half, where we were you know, treated to some lower ones at 20 and a half, even as low as 20 um, in earlier weeks. So um, I agree with you. Um, I definitely like the Rock in this game uh, to, I think, win. I, I'm going to take them to cover the spread as well. Um, but I definitely think it's going to be a grinded out game. And as you mentioned, it's the Dawson Bowl um, as well. But uh, yeah, those are our thoughts on that game. Moving on to the Wings and Swarm, we're going to, you know, kind of keep this moving along. And I want to go to you, Sam. Sam, you're actually leading us in the PLT staff picks um, in terms of 
both against the spread record and straight up. Um, this is going to be another close matchup between these wing, this Wings team and Swarm team. It's been a one-goal game past three meetups. What are your thoughts on this game, Sam? Yeah, I know that last time they played, I took the Swarm. Uh, they were underdogs, so I picked them to win and then obviously cover. And I was uh, watching it with my dad, and he gave me a little pat on the back when that didn't hit. And I was very sad, but I'm riding with the same pick. I'm going with the Swarm. Um, I think that both teams are built very similarly. So it's really a, you know, who, who are you betting on? I feel like, are you betting on the wings offense or are you betting on swarm offense? Um, and the wings just play, I mean, I know that it was a back-to-back last weekend, so you've had a whole full week to recover, but you know, the swarm might be a tad fresher. So maybe that plays in their favor. I think it's close enough that you really could pick either one. So I'm going to go with the swarm. Yeah, um, I I still like the wings in this one, um, but again, it's it's I, this is a game I don't touch, um, and I know I mentioned on the PLT podcast that if you're considering and this is going to be another close one, you might want to lean on the Swarm plus one and a half just because these have been one goal games recently. Um, so you know, almost taking the whoever's getting the points here. Uh, but yeah, I I think this is going to be a tight one. I wouldn't touch you know, really either team, just knowing how tight it's been. Um, I don't know if I touched the over-under either. Uh, you know, it, it was really close the last time. It looked like it was going to, you know, stay way under when it was 2-2 going into the half. Um, and then there was a surge of goals and ended up just barely going over the last time these two teams played. But um, this is one, you know, from a betting angle, I, I'd probably stay away from. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on this one, Dan? Yeah, I'm kind of with you as far as betting it. I, I think with the wings, I just feel like they were in such a tough spot last week with having that game on Saturday night. And then, you know, I kind of talked about this on the BOL episode too, about like that quick turnaround. It was just that textbook spot for the riptide to really get that win and put a stamp on them. So I feel like the wings might even have a little bit more of an edge to kind of show, Hey, how we looked on Sunday isn't really indicative to how we have been all year long. And I think this is also kind of turning into a kind of a quasi rivalry game that I always look forward to as well. But as far as the metrics, you know, if you, if you round up the swarm is about 12 goals per game, if you round down the the wings are about 12 goals per game. So as far as like an on paper matchup, it's one that couldn't be any closer. So that's why I would probably lean towards the underdog getting a goal and a half, just because I think it, it plays out to be in a close game, but I think you hit the nail on the head, Hutton. I'm not I'm not putting my money or Brian's or Sam's on this game, but I'm excited to watch it for sure. Yeah, definitely going to be an exciting one to watch. And now I do want to get your thoughts too a little bit. Um, we can't bet on the first half lines here in the States, but Cool Bet Canada is offering uh, first half lines, um, you know, on these games. Uh, you know, do, do you just in general give a theory? Do you like betting on first half either uh, totals or money line um, or do you like to just play the game straight up? Because as I mentioned, you know, this was a game, a tale of two halves where, you know, there's only four goals in the first half. Um, and then they kind of a resurgence. Um, and we've seen the opposite, you know, in both the mammoth and the warriors getting off to a 22 goal start um, and then slowing down a little bit, but um, you know, kind of thoughts on playing first half lines. Um, you know, do you, do you like doing that or do you recommend people still play the full game? No, I absolutely, that's a great question, man. And I, kudos to Cool Bet Canada putting out odds on something like that. 
that's going to get more people who are typically more prop bettors into the fold as well. And it's also in the PLL, or excuse me, the NLL, which is already a pretty tough market to handicap just because there isn't information at your fingertips. I give them a lot of credit even having the exposure of saying, hey, we're going to put up first half lines. As far as me as a better, I love those kind of bets that you can get early on in the game, because let's say one of the things you really like heading into a game is added motivation for a team, right? Where is that motivation going to show up the most? Is it going to show up right after they're all getting hyped up in the locker room, right after they get out? Or is it going to show up more once it starts getting into the second quarter and the game flow? Because what is it? Mike Tyson said something like, it's all great plans until you get punched in the face. Like, I feel like when you have motivation as part of the thing that you're looking at for a team, that's going to help you a lot earlier in the game until adjustments are made and things kind of slow down there a little bit. So just as a macro kind of betting thing, I love first quarter bets. I love first half bets. I love when you're able to take the game down to the nitty gritty, especially if you dive into the numbers and you notice this is a team that starts quick. Maybe they have a good face-off guy, which maybe isn't as important in box as it is in field. But I think there's a lot of those things as these markets start to mature a little bit and you have some options uh, more that you're able to bet on that there are some things that you can really take advantage of. But you know, Hutton, I'm a big guy in the wait and see approach too. Like, let's see what these first half lines do, which ones are hitting over with regularity. And let's pay attention to some of these teams and who scores early on in games. And maybe that'll be applicable moving forward. Maybe it's just a red herring, but you can't do that without studying the thing. So I, I love those kind of bets as long as they make sense for you. Yeah, no, that makes a, a lot of sense there. Um, you know, and this is a young swarm team too. Um, you know, we had Jordan McIntosh on Pro Lacrosse Talk earlier this week that's starting to find its groove. They were missing some guys and still got the win against Rochester last week. Uh, they're getting Shane Jackson back. They're getting some of their other guys back. So, um, again, I'm expecting a, a really close one in this one. That's why I'm kind of laying off, uh, you know, <laughs> playing any, any of this game. But, uh, yeah, definitely going to be interesting for sure. Um, now moving on, we got the Thunderbirds against the Firewolves. Thunderbirds are still undefeated. Um, Firewolves, though, are kind of, you know, getting better as the season's gone along. They're now two and two. Um, they're looking like the team that we thought they would be at the beginning of the season. Uh, what are your thoughts on this game, Brian, uh, in terms of the Thunderbirds Firewolves? And do you like the over-under in this game? Uh, I'm very conflicted about this game. As you said, the Firewolves have shown that they're getting uh, better as time goes on. And the Thunderbirds, we kind of only have a small sample size of how, how they're going to play. They didn't play for a month. Uh, we've only seen them play against the Rush, and that was a one-goal game, and the Rush have been struggling. The, and their other two games against the Rock, who uh, one of the games they held the Rock to seven, the other they let the Rock score 13. So I think, um, you know, typically we talk about the Thunderbirds, you know, Lax Mag has them in, in the top two or the top three. Um, but on paper, they, they should be great. Um, but I think the Firewolves have the chance to make a statement game. And I think it makes me nervous for the Thunderbirds. But from a totals perspective, I think the totals are high. And in sports interaction, for example, it's like 23. I don't remember what it is on DK and MGM off the top of my head. Uh, but it's definitely close. All the books have been very similar in their, in their total lines. Um, I don't see this one ending up being too high scoring. The, the, the Firewolves have only posted 10 goals one time and they've found success in defensive proficiency so far holding teams down 
in goals as opposed to uh, as opposing to outscoring them. So I th I think from that perspective, uh, I I I see a Thunderbirds team that's only played once in a month potentially being taken advantage of by a defense that's been able to hold some teams down in the Firewolves. So I, I think the Firewolves have a chance to make a statement game against a team that uh, people generally consider to be the top two or three in the league right now. Yeah, no, it's definitely interesting. You know, it's hard to kind of gain momentum in this league with, you know, all these pauses, especially the Thunderbirds, you know, being struck now. They're going to have to move their um, two next home games to Toronto or Hamilton, um, you know, where the Rock play. Um, so despite that, though, they're still playing well. They're still undefeated. Um, yeah, this is definitely another one that I'm staying away from and just going to be excited to sit down and watch. Um, but I do think there is a case possibly – for the under it's 23 and a half um again you know it, it's tough in this league to bet the under because sometimes these games can go way over and get you can go on runs and stuff so you're always kind of sweating these unders but with warren hill and dougie jameson and cage um i think you couldn't make a better case for a goalie matchup this weekend that might go under especially at a you know on the higher end of the totals at 23 and a half so definitely interesting in that regard um then we got another game in panther city versus the rush uh both these teams sitting you know kind of bottom in the west panther city just recently got their first win uh, against the riptide the rush are still looking to kind of get back in that win column um thoughts on this game sam do you see panther city you know pulling the upset against the rush in saskatchewan or do you think the rush are kind of you know back to that get right spot um for them i feel like this game is very similar to rochester toronto where you have an underdog on the road that could get it done but you're also got a hungry home team that is really desperate for a win and is the favorite. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one, Sam? Yeah, the fact that Panther City is a two-and-a-half-point dog in this one is shocking to me, especially that they're, they're coming off of a win. So we've, we've seen them at least get their first win. And on top of that, that uh, the two-and-a-half spread, uh, the underdog has only lost once. Uh, I think that it has been listed almost, almost every week. They're like six and one or something on the season. Uh, so I think definitely if you're going to bet on a line, that's a pretty good one to bet on. And especially, you know, the rush, uh, I mean, they're, they're all right, but they are struggling. Uh, and I think Panther City was able to kind of show themselves that, you know, after trading away, uh, you know, Ryan, uh, Ryan Benesh, they don't, they don't, you know, they don't necessarily need him to get a win. So I think that that wouldn't be a bad bet to lay some money on that two and a half uh, point line. Yeah, and I'll toss to you, Dan, because you uh, have similar thoughts on this one. Uh, you know, give us your, your thoughts on why, you know, people should be playing the two and a half and, um, whether they might like them on the money line as well. I just, I'll let you know, I just took a giant sigh of relief when I heard Sam say, I think two and a half is worth looking because he has had a terrific read on the NLL since the start of the season. So a nice just sigh as my best bet on our episode for bet on lacrosse this week was that Panther sitter getting the two and a half. I also love that you're getting plus money on that. So not only are you getting that extra cushion with a team that I think at least has a shot to win this game out, right? You know, I, I think the rush had some, a lot more loftier expectations heading into the year. Now it's not to say all oh, hope is lost and they have no shot at winning a title or anything like that, but I think that they've kind of came down from what their expectations were coming in as far as, you know, just aspirations of where they would be at this point in the season. So I think that both of these teams, you know, if you're trying to handicap who's going to be more motivated, I think that's not going to be a case. But Panther City's played teams close. You know, you, you, 
you hate to say that, oh, I'm getting two and a half, it's an auto play, but like Sam kind of laid out there with the numbers, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. When you're, when you're cashing six out of, out of seven times, keep rolling with that. So I think that's why I look towards the two and a half and as far as just them potentially being able to win outright at plus 290 or around that number, um, you know, maybe split half your bet size on the two and a half. And if you think they can win outright, do your other half of your bet size on that money line. And if they both hit great at plus 105, the worst you're going to be doing is breaking even or even maybe making a couple of cents there. So I think that's probably a great kind of combo play going into this weekend and definitely one of the favorites that I bet myself. And I guess something else to add to that one is that the one time that the two and a half didn't hit, it was the Seals, I believe, against Panther City. And the Seals got bad beat. And yeah, it was an empty netter. <laughs> to, I mean, don't get me wrong. I was sitting there and I was going insane because that was the one time I didn't take the two and a half. Um, but, you know, I so it's not like the one time two and a half didn't hit. It was a blowout. It was like an absolute bad beat where they got an empty netter with like 10 seconds left to go up by three. So, so Sam, I compliment you, and then you have to bring up the worst bad beat I had of the season. My heart still hurts from that. No, I'm just messing with you, buddy. I, I talked about that on the BOL episode, too. I was just like, I can't believe I'm going back to the well with Panther City. But like you said, it was it was a coin flip at the end. You know, if that empty netter doesn't go in, you're cashing that ticket. So I think that only, uh, you know, kind of bolsters the way that we're looking in this game. And, you know, hopefully we're getting to the counter with a winning ticket. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I also like the two and a half. I'll be honest. I, I'm not crazy about them on the money line just because I do feel strongly that this rush team is almost desperate for a win now. And I just have a hard time believing that they're going to end up, what would it be? One and four, I think, you know, after this game, um, I believe that's what they are right now. I think they're one and three. Um, no, they're one and four right now. I have a hard time believing this team is going to start out one and five. Now it could happen. You know, it's one of these teams is going to start out one and five, but that's why I like the rush to win, but I don't know if I can take them one and by two, you know, I don't think they're going to cover that minus two and a half. So that's why I love the two and a half play, especially when you're getting plus money, um, you know, I know we like to sprinkle on the money line and I always love, you know, that, that really juicy extra plus money. But um, this is a game where I really think it's going to be tight. And um, although I like the the rush to an outright, um, you know, it is hard to pass up on a plus two and a half, especially when, you know, it's been five and one, I think five and one, six and one so far. And, and right before you move on real fast, uh, another interesting fact about the rush in particular, as opposed to the seals, for example, um, which makes this play even more convincing for the plus two and a half for Panther City is uh, that the Rush have not covered as the favorite so far. So the fact that they're getting two and a half, uh, it, it just feels very suspect. Like the Rush have only covered 40% of their spreads, but the, they've only uh, covered as the underdog. They haven't covered as the favorite, whereas the Seals have covered as the favorite. So this is a more convincing case, I think, for the plus two and a half than it was for the Seals. And then they almost covered it with the Seals. So. I maybe feels too good to be true, but uh, it feels like a slam dunk. Well, boys, yeah. you, you know what that means. Now that all four of us like the two and a half, that means bet your house on uh, on the other side when all four of us are like in the same way. Absolutely. I think though, you know, when we, I think when you look at it, like I think the safe plays. This game, when you get a two and a half spread, um, it makes for some safer plays. And I think Panther City, especially when it's plus money at two and a half, is a safe play. And then I think you know if you really like the rush, um, even though you're gonna have to lay a lot, 
maybe betting them on the money line is a safe play, you know, or, or maybe you, you do the first half money line. If you think the, cause we've seen that Panther city has been able to hang around and kind of rally later in these games um, to kind of make it interesting. So maybe you think the rush get off to a, you know, a start a bigger start. Obviously you can't do that in the U S but um, as we mentioned, cool bet now has those lines, um, you know, first half lines and, Sask is just minus 208 on the money line to start in the first half. So not bad. You know, you're laying, you're laying minus 208. It's not great, but um, maybe if you're not as confident and want to lay the full, um, full spread there or whatever, you, you go with the, the rush. I don't know. That That's kind of where I would play it. Um, Cause right now they're minus 380 on the money line. I don't think I would wager that much. Um, you know, it's just too much for me to, to put down on a team, but uh, that first half, it's, it's not bad, um, especially if you think they're going off to a fast start. Moving on to the next game we have on the slate, uh, we have, uh, give me one second, we have the Vancouver Warriors versus the Colorado Mammoth. So obviously this is a rematch of a game that really set Lax Twitter on fire to start. Vancouver Warriors went up 7-0 um, to start. and looked like you know it was going to be all Warriors all day. Mammoth rallied back. There's 22 goals scored in this first half alone. Um, and the Mammoth ended up coming away with the victory. Dan, we'll go to you to start about this because I know you're almost thinking about playing the over. But talk to us a little bit about why you think you know the total right now at 23.5 might be a little bit of an overreaction based on what we saw last time between these two teams. Yeah, I, I, this is one that I have flip-flopped back and forth a thousand times, and I definitely want to get Brian's thoughts on this because numbers that he found about um, maybe some trends that are happening with these overs and unders, these total bettings that kind of kept me off of it. But I, I, when I first looked at the board, I saw the 23-and-a-half between the Warriors and Mammoth as the, as the total in this game, and I was like, oh, my God, it's a no-brainer, right, for the squarest reason ever. Well, the last time they met, it was, it was an 18-15 win by the Mammoth. It was a 20-point total, depending on where you were looking, up to 21-and-a-half is what it closed at, and they scored 33 goals. So it's just a slam dunk. You just bet over, right? Um, the thing is, is these, these sports books are smart, man. Like, they already have – they're looking at the same numbers that we are, probably even better numbers and better engines that they're able to look at. So you think that they don't know that the last two times these teams played, it flew over the total. So what did they do? This number has been adjusted upwards. Now it's sitting at 23 and a half, which you maybe look at it and you say, well, that's still not enough. You know, they went they went over that by 10. But, you know, that's that's also the bookmakers having confidence in their risk analysis and saying this is the number that we're going to post. And you can bet it over, you can bet it under. Hope, hopefully, you know, we're coming out on the right side. So I think the adjustment of the line may have been enough. And that's the big question is, is it enough? And when I have a question I'm not able to answer as a sports better, why bet that on my card? Because one of the biggest tools that we have as sports bettors is not having to bet every game that's on the board. You know, it's selectivity can maybe be your best friend. And my selectivity came from some numbers that Brian was throwing at me. So, so Brian, I don't know if you have them at your, uh, at your fingertips right now, but um, something about these totals and how they're ticking up and where these games have been finishing, that might be interesting to some of the people listening into the, uh, the space here. Yeah, so I, I think the, the previous matchup between these teams is one of the reasons why we've seen a baseline increase in the totals from the previous week to this week. Uh, we've been seeing totals as low as 20 basically every week so far. And this week, across all of the books even, which is wild to say, uh, our lowest total is 22 and a half. 
And I think it, a lot of it has to do with this previous matchup and the Wings Nighthawks, for example, you know, going 18 to 10, 18, where the Wings scored 18 and Nighthawks scored 10. And then this game was 18, 15 between the Mammoth and the Warriors previously. So I, I think they're seeing a lot of games take off. Um, so we're seeing a lot, we're seeing a baseline rise in the total lines. Uh, so I think for this game, it's, it's a natural reaction. You know, there's been high total scores from these teams in their previous matchups. That makes a lot of sense. But I think across the board, the increase doesn't make sense. For example, the Wings, which is, which has had one of the most proficient offenses in the league, uh, they were held to eight by the Firewolves. Like that, that game ended in a 9-8 contest of 17. Like I don't think the total line adjustment across the board has been justified, but I, I, I could see it for this specific matchup. So for me personally, like I, I'm, I don't want to touch this game. I think recency bias is, uh, is would be too much of a thing to bet the total for this game. Um, I, it was still a battle, even though it was high scoring. Like yeah, three goals, but you know, a 33 goal game. It was still a, a battle. I, I, I don't really have a read on this game. I, if anything, I think the goalies are going to want to come out and perform better than they did previously. Um, so I'd be worried about betting in any of the three categories in this game. Or even making a pick, I still haven't made a decision. Um, but I do think that this is the this was the matchup, and the Nighthawks Wings that like rose the baseline, and I think it's semi unjustified across the board, but justified in this case. And I'm glad you mentioned it. You think the goalies are going to get you know back to kind of normal because again, Alex Buque had a great start to the season, and this was kind of his only dud so far. And obviously, Dylan Ward is a you know world class goalie. Um, kind of a fluke game for him as well. Um, and that's where I think you got to look at, you know, I, I like looking at these goaltender matchups because sometimes when you look at these games, you know, I, I think you do have to toss that last one out a little bit. You know, you, you give the offenses credit, um, but, you know, the Warriors were missing some guys on COVID protocol. Wasn't the best game out of both goalies. Um, I think these goalies are going to be, you know, ready to get back into it. And another interesting thing, you know, non-betting wise is for the Mammoth, going forward their schedule is, is very interesting so this is obviously their second time in a row playing the Warriors they'll play them later in the season as well they're playing the Roughnecks back-to-back -back in uh, subsequent weeks then they're playing the Rush two times in a row as well so Mammoth have an interesting schedule where they're playing teams two times in a row and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing you know we, we say in other sports how it's tough to beat teams multiple times um, in this case I, I don't know if that helps them or hurts them um, but what I do like about the Mammoth you know in this game is I do think there's a home field advantage uh, you know involved in this uh, the Loud House is a tough place to play that's the other reason why you know I kind of like Sask to get this win against Panther City whether it's you know by more than two goals so it remains to be seen but um saskatchewan's a tough place to play and some of these arenas in the nll have some you know big home field advantage so um you know i don't really you know want to play a game uh, play a pick in this game as well but i'd probably lean mammoth just because of the home field advantage they did beat the warriors in the past but um you know i think it's gonna be another close one um and i do agree that you know i, I don't i'm not confident enough to take the under but I definitely don't think we're going to see 33 goals like we did the last time. Um, but moving on to our next game on the docket, we have the Roughnecks taking on San Diego in San Diego. Obviously, Dane Doby lit 
lit up the the scoreboard when he returned to Calgary in this last game. Uh, ended up being, you know, 17-12 game, but it was kind of closer than the scoreboard kind of indicated. The Seals kind of just pulled away, riding the coattails of Doby that was just having a monster game. Um, do you guys, you know, I'll start with you, Sam, see a similar thing happening in this game, um, or do you think the Roughnecks maybe uh, steal a win in San Diego? I, you know, the Seals are one of the better teams I've seen this year. The Roughnecks have been relatively inconsistent. Um, I know they, they came out in week one, and I believe they lost. And then they turned around. They got a, a fluke win, I think, like earlier in the season. I'm sure I remember which game it was. Um, but uh, what? There's the rush, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I believe I picked the rush in that one. And then the rush, I think, turned around and just – laid a goose egg on me, but uh, I, I think that, and on top of that, I think the Seals, uh, this past time when they played uh, last week, they had a bunch of guys out on COVID protocol, and they still won. Um, and so I think that now they're getting a bunch of guys back, I, I, I just don't see how Calgary stops this team uh, in any way. Yeah, no, and uh, I, I'll get to you, Dan, because I know you have some thoughts on the over in this game. But uh, as you mentioned, yeah, the Seals are, are getting some guys back, um, you know, and they're getting both their goalies back, you know, in Origlieri and Shiliano. So we can assume Shiliano's probably going to start because um, he had a great first couple games uh, to start the season, um, you know, really kept them in games. Uh, and then that offense really started to come alive after that. But as you mentioned, really, no matter who's been in cage, it hasn't really mattered. Um, so, Dan, what are your thoughts on this over? Do you think we're going to see another high-scoring affair like we did last time in Calgary? Um, or do you think, you know, the addition of Shiliano back in cage and then, you know, the fact that Del Bianco is one of the best goaltenders in the league, he just hasn't been playing as good as, you know, he has been in previous seasons. Um, is, is there a case for the under or do you, you like the over just based on the scoring and these high-powered offenses? Yeah, I mean, it's almost like I'm talking out of two sides of my mouth because, you know, I was saying that adjustment up on the total and, oh, it's, you know, market justified. But I, this is a game where I don't know if the 23 and a half is going to be enough. So I am looking at the over in this game. And, you know, I think that they're going to be happy to have Shiliano back in cage. Don't get me wrong, but let's be real. I mean, Justin Getty didn't do too bad when he was uh, in, in that either. So, you know, I don't know if that's really that large of a boost as far as, you know, goal scoring or non-goal scoring is. And, you know, the Seals, like Sam was kind of saying, I mean, you know what you're getting with this team. They're consistent. If you start getting behind and you start, you know, hacking and getting penalties starting to pile up on you, it's going to be a long day when you're playing against the Seals. They can, they can score from every position on the field. So I think, you know, they come in about 12 goals per game right around there. And they're going to be playing a team who, like you said, they have a netminder who's solid, but he hasn't been living up to that potential quite yet this year. They're allowing about 15 goals per game. So I just think when I dive in on the metrics, yes, it's a higher total, but sometimes I try not to overthink it and say, this total is high for a reason. You, depending on where you're shopping to, you're going to get some plus money if you're playing on the over. So it's a play that makes sense to me to play to the over. I think the game script kind of works in to go into the over. So Seals Roughnecks over 23 and a half is a, a play that I have myself. And um, I, I think it's one we'll be getting to the counter with. I, I just think that there's enough things metric-wise, matchup-wise, and also spot-wise that just kind of set up for this being a, a, an over game. 
Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, uh, you know, you look at this SEALs team, too, from a non-betting perspective. They're 4-1. Obviously, they lost their first game to Vancouver, and since then they've just been on a, a tear. Um, they got Austin Stats back. Uh, Austin Stotts back um, in the lineup, you know, and he's already already has eight goals after just being added not too long ago. Dane Dobie's lately in this team in points with 28. Um, but you got to give credit to some of their rookies, too, and Trey LeClaire and Mac O'Keefe, you know, two of their top draft picks last year. Uh, 18 points for Trey LeClaire. Claire, 15 from Mac O'Keefe. Um, Brian, thoughts on just these two rookies and what they've been able to accomplish, um, you know, for this SEALs team so far? It's been really impressive. I think I think across the, the board, we've seen a lot of American players with, uh, with a, not a lot of experience do really well. So uh, we're seeing like we're seeing Mac O'Keefe who we associate with like far out shooting in field and he's able to accomplish an impressive amount in, in box and it's it, – it leads to a diversification in play style in, in box that we're seeing in field in the reverse way where box players are changing up the style of field. And I think it's making both versions of the sport really interesting to watch. No, absolutely. You know, and uh, Charlie Bertrand is another one that comes to mind for the Nighthawks, you know, second in rookie scoring, um, you know, another American um, who's making an impact. And then, you know, across the board, the Canadian rookies, uh, you know, you got Ryan Smith, Reed Bowering, I would mention Trey LeClaire, and then, you know, Jeff Teat, uh, not doing too shabby as well uh, for their team. So, um, you know, that's just a handful of the, the rookie top rookies coming in this league that are making an impact. And then you look at some guys that we didn't expect to even see, this early on and like Chris Riglieri coming in for the seals and playing well, it's unfortunate, you know, shortly after he makes his debut, he has to go to COVID protocol. But, you know, I think like we've mentioned, um, whether it's him or Shiliano in cage, uh, it hasn't really mattered for the seals team. Um, that's the end of our Saturday slate. We have one more game that was originally for Saturday. It's now Sunday. Cause we're getting a lot of snow up here on the New York, greater New York area. Um, hopefully it doesn't impact people getting to the game on Long Island, but we have the Riptide taking on the Bandits. Another two-and-a-half-point spread, but this one we think it's warranted because the Bandits have been winning by two or more goals in almost every game. So I'll start with you, Dan. Thoughts on the Bandits getting two-and-a-half here finally? Um, do you think they cover against a Riptide team that just got their first win last week? Yeah, I kind of alluded to this earlier when we were talking about the Wings game, and as far as that, I feel like this is going to be the show me game for the Riptide because I think, you know, they just got the wings at a prime for the Pickens kind of spot. And I really think that that was just an advantageous position for this band for this uh, Riptide side. So now they're playing one of the best and most consistent teams in the league and the bandits. I think this two and a half could be, uh, you know, kind of breaking the trend here. I think if anybody, I would feel confident laying two and a half goals. Now, I didn't bet this officially, but it's definitely the way that I lean. And for our team picks, I'm probably going to be putting down bandits two and a half because I think if there's any teams that at this point with what we know in this season that you can at least feel like, all right, I'm laying two and a half, but I feel good about it. It's with this bandit side. And I know that, um, you know, you kind of alluded to that there. I feel like Brian's probably looking um, the, the same way. I'm looking forward to hearing Sam's thoughts on this one as well, because it's just the bandits. It's the bandits and the seals for me, in my opinion, that we have seen week in and week out. They show up. You know what you're getting from them. A lot of these other teams, it's just kind of been um, peaks and valleys. Some of them a lot more peaks, some of them a lot more valleys. But as far as this bandits team, it's it's a team that clearly has chemistry carrying over because 
they have chemistry across the board with a bunch of players who are constantly playing with each other throughout the year. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, uh, you know, and I think that it's a, you know, tough spot for the riptide. You know, it's nice that they're at home, but again, it's not one of those arenas that has a massive home field advantage like Banditland does. And you just see like, you know, they whooped up on a team like the rock. I mean, that, that was a battle, you know, from start to finish, you know, so give the rock credit, but um, it never felt like the bandits were going to lose that game. Um, and same with the swarm, you know, the swarm gave them some sweats there, uh, you know, towards the end and still the bandits came away, you know, with a two goal win. So um, yeah, I, I agree. I think this is the, you know, right now them and the Thunderbirds are my two top teams. Obviously they're both undefeated. So that's pretty easy to say, but um, I just don't see this Bandits team, you know, losing anytime soon until they end up facing the Thunderbirds, which was supposed to happen, you know, sooner rather than later. But uh, we'll get that a little bit later, thankfully. Um, and that will be, you know, the battle between the undefeateds. But, yeah, let's go to, to you, Sam, and then we'll go to you, Brian. Final thoughts on this game. Yeah, my thoughts are very simple about this one. Um, I my, – my friend slash teammate is a huge Bandits fan, so we've been watching plenty of Bandits lacrosse. And after watching them this entire season, uh, I'm putting my entire government direct unsubsidized loan for tuition on the Bandits minus two and a half. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) That's how confident Sam is in this minus two and a half for the Bandits. Uh, What are your thoughts, Brian? And do you have any thoughts on this total? You have to lay minus 120 to take the over 23 and a half. But this is another game where I feel like – it's destined to go over just with this high-powered Bandits offense and a riptide offense that plays fast and has been putting up a lot of points as well. I'm very conflicted on the total in particular. I agree very much so with the minus 2.5, and, and I don't think we'll get a bad beat minus 2.5. I think, if anything, it will be convincing. An interesting stat uh, for the Bandits is they're, a hot, they're undefeated against the spread, but they've been uh, 1.5-point favorites every time. If they were 2.5-point favorites every game so far – They'd still be three and one against the spread. I agree with Dan. The, the Riptide, I think they got the wings at a good point in time where they were just coming off of, you know, a nice win and then they caught them on a bad Sunday. Um, from a totals perspective, I think the one thing that we're discounting in, in, in considering the over too overwhelmingly is the fact that not only has the Bandits offense produced, but their defense has held teams off. For example, they held the Nighthawks to eight goals. They're averaging around 11 right now. The Rock to six, even though they've been struggling, six is a really low amount to score in this league. And the Swarm, who do have a very proficient offense, we've compared them to the Wings uh, already in this episode, held them to 10, which is low for them. So I, I, I think the fact that the Bandits are first in goals four against and first goals averaged against um, – it, it's just overwhelmingly convincing for the minus two and a half for the first time um, in the whole season, really. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I, I definitely agree on the minus two and a half. And the other thing, too, you know, as we're talking totals, you know, the Riptide haven't scored less than um, 10, you know, this whole season. And they've, you know, I, I can't tell what their average right now, but they had 12 in their first game, 12 in their second game, then they had 10, then they had another game with 12, and then 13 this last game where they beat the Wings. But they played the Wings twice, they played the Swarm, and they played the Nighthawks um, and Panther City. So those are all teams that, you know, kind of around the same level as I think the Riptide, um, not necessarily the Wings. I think they're a little bit higher echelon, but Riptide always play the Wings well. 
I don't think they've ever faced a team like the Bandits so far this season. That's where I, you know I'm a little worried, and that's where I think you know I would definitely lay the uh, the minus two and a half as well um, if there was ever a spot to do it. Um, you know, and I just think this Riptide team is really finding its stride. You know, Connor Kiernan is playing really, really well. I think he's not getting enough credit. Um, you know, we we talk about the Jeff Teets, the Callum Crawfords of the world, but he's been playing lights out so far this season. So I give the Riptide a lot of credit, and you know, Steve Orleman sat on his head in that wings game he's you know large part why they won and i think he was 50 plus saves but um again back to the bandits you know until someone shows the blueprint for how to beat this bandits team you know whether it's outscoring them and getting into a shootout or uh you know just playing solid defense and stifling this offense um i'm gonna ride with them probably you know even if they are laying minus two and a half going forward um, but that, yeah, those are my thoughts. Those are your guys' thoughts. We appreciate everyone listening. Definitely listen to Bet on Lacrosse. That episode uh, just dropped recently tonight. Um, we'll have some excerpts up about from that as well. Uh, listen to our episode with Jordan McIntosh on Pro Lacrosse Talk. Um, we definitely appreciate him hopping on. Looking forward to this Swarms Wings game. Going to be another tight one, I'm sure, down in Georgia this time around. Uh, but we appreciate everyone tuning in to another PLT Twitter Spaces and enjoy the NLL games this weekend. <laughs>